welcome to the Uncomfortable Reality Podcast Show, and thanks for tuning in. This is a show shattering the norms and bringing real talk and critical thinking with a common sense approach on life, politics, religion, and social issues. And now here's your host, Randall. Hello, hello fam, what's up? And welcome. Welcome to the Uncomfortable Reality Podcast Show. I am your host, Randall, and on today's show, we will be discussing, is it racism or black sensitivity? Now, y'all know, I'm the first to pull out my race card, (laughs) and my card has no credit limit, you hear me? No credit limit. I'm ready to tell you, I try to max that shit out, okay? (laughs) But... Do I use my card responsibly or is it black sensitivity? Let's go. Okay, let's cut right to it, shall we? We, we have got to be more responsible with our race card. We need to know when to pull it and fight or just be real. So let us travel back in time to see where some stereotypes have reared their ugly heads, shall we? Now, when slaves won their emancipation during the Civil War, freed brothers and sisters not only ate, but grew and sold watermelons and made the fruit like a symbol of freedom. Now, you know that didn't sit well with a lot of white folks, especially on that one big plantation in the South. (laughs) Yeah, they were hating. They were hating. They felt threatened, threatened by our hustle, our strength to overcome slavery, and could only imagine what we could do with our newfound freedom. So what they did was begin to push those ugly stereotypes that watermelon was a symbol of black people's laziness. Hmm. Come on, man. (laughs) I mean, we built the country for free, right? Working around the clock under unimaginable conditions, but we're lazy. Feel me? They also made the fruit a symbol of uncleanliness and childishness, and boom, it took off in American culture. And the same goes for fried chicken. Our sisters began to sell fried chicken and other home-cooked foods to hungry white railroad passengers at train stops. But again, Southerners viewed black success as a threat to their dominance. And here comes the caricatures, cartoons and newspapers to help push the stereotypes outside of the South and voila, watermelon and chicken and the lazy, unclean black folks. White people weaponize entertainment and media to push these hateful images to portray us as less than human and childlike and not worthy of full rights. (laughs) 
Now, today, I'm here to tell you that, yes, we still deal with racism on a daily basis. I mean, daily basis. We all know this. But we must recognize we have a lot of white allies and must be careful not to alienate those who are in the fight with us and are generally good people. I'll give you an example. Let's say you're at a company dinner and a white coworker who you have known for years and have never had an issue with. Let's say they come up to you and say, hey, they just put out some amazing fried chicken at the table over there. You might want to go try it. Do you pull your race card and blow up? Well, I got to try the damn chicken because I'm black. <laughs> or was this white coworker giving out good advice on, on the food? Hmm? Here in Vegas, the Raiders fired Coach Gruden for using what they call racist language. He had made some comments about DeMarie Smith, who is the executive director of the NFL Players Association. His comments were about the size of Smith's lips. Have any of you ever seen Smith's lips? <laughs> uh, well, mm, let's just say, let's just say he has a set of soup coolers on him. All right. <laughs> Was it racist that he pointed out what I'm sure a lot of black folks have pointed out before? I'm sure Smith was teased about his lips growing up and probably all the way up into adulthood. Right? Come on, fam. <laughs> you know, when it comes to the dozens, we cut right, right to the heart. I mean, we go right to the heart, don't we? Hell, growing up, my nose and lips were the object of many jokes. <laughs> And not from whites, but my own people. I'll give you another example. Have any of you ever heard of Sarah Bartman? Well, she was born in 1789 from the Eastern Cape of South Africa. She was exhibited as a freak show due to her big butt, which by the way, it was uncommon in Western Europe during the 19th century. Yeah, they didn't have no ass back then. <laughs> no ass at all. They suffered from that, 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 that sickness called no ass at all. <laughs> yeah, they hated on our sisters way back then. Yep. They, they literally treated Sarah like, like an animal, even placing a collar on her. Now, being that the big ass has a racial undertone to it and was a stereotype. Today, if a white guy says, Nicki Minaj has a big ass, do we blow up? Or was he merely pointing out the obvious? Hmm? My point is, not everything a white person says is racist. We need to use our race card responsibly. Racist white folk make up a small fraction of America today. Hell, 
we never would have had our first black president without the white vote. Right? Hmm? A lot of today's white folk, especially the younger generation, they're pretty much done with the racism and are truly allies in our fight. But if we continue to pull our race card at every comment, every look, every joke, we just push away some really good peeps. We, we would jam out on on the rapper. I mean, we would bump his, his music all day long. Now, this rapper, who honestly is extremely detrimental and dangerous with the shoot this in and shoot that and shoot this up and slap a hole and pop a molly and all that nonsense and wearing his pants below his ass, let a white, a non-black person tell us, it's a dress code to come in here, sir. Oh, man, we screaming racism. We are screaming. Why? Because I'm black. Who's the real enemy, I ask you? I couldn't even count how many times a rapper today would use the N-word in his music. But let your average white man or woman tell us how articulate we are. And, man, we ready to fight. You know, sometimes peeps are truly giving out compliments or pointing out the obvious. We need to be very careful, very careful, labeling decent white people as the enemy. Now, you've heard me use a, a term, whiteness, okay? You've, you've heard me use that term, right? I posted that term quite a bit. And when I'm speaking on whiteness, and information on structural racism. And we're going to touch on that term next week, by the way. But understand, whiteness does not mean skin color. It's a mindset. Candace Owens represents whiteness. Senator Tim Scott represents whiteness. And yet, <laughs> they're blacker than me, right? <laughs> See, we get real touchy and sensitive at the slightest hint of racism. And I'm seeing race card fatigue with our allies who are just speaking honestly, but are they're even afraid to even call us black. Have you ever been in a situation where, you know, you're talking with a white person, they just kind of like uncomfortable. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to call you black or African-American, they don't know, they, they're just uncomfortable. You ever been in that situation? <laughs> well, right now in Portland, Portland is like the whitest city in America. All right? They are, they're still jumping it off. They are still jumping it off in the name of equality and dismantling white supremacy. They have been... They've been going on since the George Floyd protest. That's where it all began. They, they, they're still going right now, if you didn't know. They're still jumping off down there. What have a lot of rappers done? Hmm? Rosa Parks. 
Rosa Parks' Detroit home was said to be demolished un until her niece paid uh, $500. Her niece paid $500 to the city. Now, Detroit is overwhelmingly black, right? Yet, no black business, no black church, nobody. Nobody stepped up to preserve that house. It took an American-born, German-based black man, excuse me, non-black man. His name was Ryan Mendoza. Ryan Mendoza. He preserved the house and put it on display in uh, Italy. Yeah, it, of all places, Italy. That's a damn shame, you ask me. It's, it's embarrassing. Truly embarrassing. Now say we're out in the public and we come across Ryan Mendoza. We probably pull our race card out on him at the slightest inkling of possible racism, right? So, in closing, I am thankful for my non-black friends and fans. Mike V, Karen, Billy and Raina, and many more, many, many more, who I know stand with me for justice and equality for all. So let's not max out our card on nonsense. This store, this store called America, it's expensive. It's very expensive in the racism department. So let us be sure we are experiencing racism and not just having black sensitivity. Okay? What you find offensive, I may not find offensive, and vice versa. I thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you next week.